Hi, I'm back already for another episode. Um, just as, I guess, some backstory for... Backstory, I sound like I'm making up, like, like a character design for myself. But, basically, um, the last, like, month I've been at, about the last month, I've been at my sister's apartment. She's been letting me stay here because of crazy shenanigans that happened at my last apartment. Um, It's a long, drawn-out story, and honestly, like, telling that story is probably one episode in and of itself and when it's like completely finished um I'll probably do that just to get it out and so I can go back and listen to it later like years down the line and be like what (laughs) was that um but (coughs) sorry um but the like the shortened version of it is that I had been living in an apartment on my own for the last five years, and my landlord uh, just refused to um, replace my toilet, which sounds really weird. It's really, like, it sounds like there should be more to it than that, and there technically is, like, Basically, like, she tried to evict me when I asked for help with fixing it for a reason that wasn't legal, and I told her, like, you can't do that. Um, I actually, like, well, my friend Chris helped me remember that she can't do that. (sighs) After I spent a good two hours there, like, beating myself up about it really hardcore, and, um, Yeah, so she, I would assume she was mad that I knew what the laws were and that she couldn't kick me. It was really weird, like, like, uh, she didn't like how my, my apartment bathroom was not good, like, not looking good because that, uh, cleaning is really hard for me still and cleaning that room is really hard for me because there's some things that happen in there. Like, I take a shower in the dark. Um, and I was, I'm, like, fine with doing that. Like, I don't really feel ashamed of that. The only thing that's weird is that, like, telling people about it when I stay in, like, the very rare times that I stay at other people's houses so that they don't just, like, barge into the bathroom not knowing that I'm in there. Um... But yeah, so I usually don't have the lights on in the bathroom. And uh, so it's hard to clean in there, and it's just a hard thing for me to do. But I I knew I needed to get my toilet fixed because it was broken, so I just did it. And I didn't expect my landlord to, like, shame me for it. But either way, because that happened, she just, like, wanted to kick me out. And I was like, you can't kick somebody out because you don't like how their apartment looks. Like... Especially because I cleaned the whole thing and fixed it within, like... I fixed it, like... It was, like, an hour and a half later. It was all clean. So, it was, like... It can't be that bad if I clean it for a little while and it's fine. 
Um, but like that started somehow it went from my bathroom being dirty to her saying that I had to get rid of my cats. Like either I had to move out with my cats or I had to get rid of them in order to stay living there. (laughs) And I was like, that's not something you can just say. Um, and then when I, I ended up having to pay for a plumber myself to come and fix my toilet or look at my toilet because she refused to let like the maintenance people or the maintenance people in the building refused to do it. Um, and when somebody came, um, he said that the toilet was from the fifties, which makes it 70 years old and older than my mother. (laughs) Um, and needed to be replaced and she just there's a lot of back and forth from that point forward that was in like the middle of June and it went on until like the end of July um of a lot of like saying she would do it and then just disappearing and well it was very stressful I like just texted my sister and literally said help I need help I hadn't when I started texting her I hadn't slept in like over a day and was like so tired that I was like dizzy and feeling sick and I was like think I was at my other I was at my apartment visiting my cats because when all that was going on the last like two three weeks that I technically lived there I was staying in a hotel since I couldn't use my bathroom um and I was back there like visiting my cats and I felt like sick like I was gonna puke and I just kept thinking that I couldn't puke because the toilet was broken um, and I can't puke in there. And, um, yeah. <laughs> so that whole craziness happened. But since, but like, and I'm so grateful to Cassie for doing that. That's my sister. If she's listening, I hope she listens to this eventually. Um, I'm really, really grateful for her just like up and letting me move in like that um, into her guest room, but, like, a part of the whole thing of doing that is that I haven't had any time, um, not a lot of time to myself, um, because, you know, of the pandemic and everything, like, Joey, her, her boyfriend, Joey, um, works from home like I do, and we're both, like, very similar in the way that we're both, like, quiet and laid back, so it's not like he's louder or annoying or anything. I lived with Joey for a year. He's a really good, like, good dude. But it's just more the fact that I was used to living alone for five years. And going from living alone with just my cats to living with two other people was, has been, like, hard. Um, and, like, a lot of PTSD things, like, came up that... I didn't expect when it happened just because like how can I have known what would happen if I suddenly moved in with other people I like when everything was happening with my landlord I just wanted to get out of there as fast as possible I wasn't thinking about like what it would be like living with other people um but it's like but it's just like the little things that realize that I they still put me on edge like whenever a door closes I like tend to like jump um 
or when I just hear people, when I hear them talking sometimes, I have to, like, stop myself from getting, like, really anxious, worrying that they're going to have, like, an argument or something. Like, my sister and her boyfriend have been dating for almost six years. It'll be, like, six years this, like, in a couple days, like, this Thursday or Friday, I think. Um, So it's, like, they know how, that, like, their relationship works really well. If anything, living here has shown how well it does work and that they have a really good balance of spending time with like their friends and spending time alone doing their own things and all that kind of stuff um but like it's just an instinct that happens because of all the years that I lived at home growing up that I was used to hearing the years that my parents were together hearing them argue but even the years after they weren't together um, my dad moved back in with us and so he would or like sometimes he he would sometimes do this thing where he would just like randomly that in the years between like when they divorced and before he moved back in with us he used to like just randomly show up um out of nowhere like um dive bomb attacks or something almost like no warning and that was in like the 90s or that was more like the early 2000s late 90s when that happened so like cell phones weren't really a thing yet um but still like he had a house phone he could have called to say that he was coming like asking if we were there but no he would just drive over and show up and basically come over talk to everybody basically piss everybody off he would always leave and everybody would be like all like riled up and he would be starting arguments with people and you just like like every time like the front door would like open and close um when I was growing up I could like never relax because I didn't know who was who it was but whoever it was I would always be worried that like some argument or something would happen because it happened because it happened with everybody (laughs) So it was, like, that feeling of, like, like I know the people listening to this, if they have, like, PTSD, they know what I mean. Like, that feeling of never being able for, like, your body and, like, your muscles to declench is, um, is, like, really hard for that to, like, to stop that. Like, I still do that. Obviously, I still do that. Like... But I can remember, that's one of the things I can remember clearly about when I was a teenager, like, the whole time growing up. Um, Like, I can especially remember when I was, like, the ages of, like, 13 to, like, 15, 16, uh, 17, around there. Like, the years when, before I had, I didn't really have, like, a set, like, friend group like that, that I could go and hang out with all the time after school until I was, like the second half of my junior year and especially my senior year so it wasn't really till my senior year of of high school that I could like that I was like gone more off and I could like disappear and like my senior year I I was gone like as much as I could be gone um especially because my dad lived with us then um but like I do remember all those years like sitting in my room and listening to music 
either on my like CD player or like my little like disc man thing that we had then and or like watching movies on like my little on like the TV that I got for my 17th birthday and like you know just those were like my comfort things I would listen to like the same CDs I would watch the same movies over and over again I would read the same like Star Wars books over and over again hold on (coughs) sorry um but I can remember sitting up there and then hearing like the like oh just always on edge even the times when I was at my apartment by or apartment when I was at like the house whatever house we lived in um whatever townhouse we lived in then by myself like even if I was there by myself I couldn't relax because I was always every time there was like a noise I would always be like is somebody actually home am I not here by myself is somebody actually hiding here or did I not hear somebody or whatever or is somebody like coming in um I like the only way I can compare it to is like if you're like the feeling that they like project in scary movies when there's like the girl that like the stereotypical like teen scary movie like the movie scream I love the movie scream so like in that movie like when Sydney is at home by herself and she like picks up the phone and she starts talking to the guy but she doesn't know that it's the guy there's that feeling of when she realizes that this person is like watching her and trying to figure out where he is and and all that kind of stuff like that feeling that comes over them when they realize that like they're not at home by themselves that they're not sure what's going on they might be in danger like that feeling is like the feeling that I had like every day every day um and that's still that feeling that is hard to go away like um nothing's happening that's anything close to me being in any kind of danger at my sister's house like nothing at all like they've been really nice like they they didn't like I they didn't ask me to pay towards like their rent last month when I've been here for a month um they haven't asked me to pay towards like their electric bill or they have this cool thing that I want now they have like a um like a almost like a Culligan like water machine it's not Culligan but it's the same kind of thing and they like they've been going through water more because I've been drinking trying to drink water more out of it um just like little things like that like I've used my sister's car a couple times because my car died to like when I was going back and forth signing stuff with my apartment and things like that that and like I just also just you know, suddenly, like, I, there is, there's another person here that's, like, um, and not only that, but, like, two other cats, like, they love my cats, but still, it's a change in their, like, day-to-day life, and they've been really nice, so there's no reason for me to, like, no logical reason for me to feel, like, scared or worried or, or anything like that, but it, like that's not how PTSD works <laughs> sorry to say if anyone's wondering and is hoping that it's logical it's not logical at all that's the whole point in it is that you like you know that you're not 
that little kid anymore. Like, I can remember being, like, 15, 16 years old. Um, and I can remember being much younger than that and being scared uh, when I would hear my parents yelling and stuff and other things. But, um, but like, that... But I, like... I know I'm not that age now, but it's hard to, like, pull yourself back out of that because when you hear things that's just well that's what being triggered is you like you hear something like I hear um (coughs) like I hear the sound of like the house settling like one thing is um like my sister's upstairs neighbors they have a dog like this it's a pit bull and it's pit bulls are not crazy just because they're pit bulls this pit bull is crazy because her upstairs neighbors did not, like, treat it well as a dog. They never let it outside. They never so- had it socialized with other animals. So, like, whenever it sees anybody, it, like, looks like it's about to tear, like, your leg off of your body. So, instead of bringing it outside, you can hear it, like, them, like, throwing the ball in their apartment upstairs and it running back and forth. So, like, whenever I hear that noise every day, it always, like, scares me because at first until I realize what it is and it just bothers me the whole time I hear it because I don't like loud noises like that and it just, and it makes me think that something, like, when I hear those noises, I associate that with, like, something bad happening when I was younger and I have to keep reminding myself, like, that's not happening anymore. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, I guess, how PTSD comes up in your daily life that um, you don't really think about until you are in that situation in that moment and you're doing it. Um, The thing that's good about all this is that I can handle that now. Like, if all of this happened, like, if everything with my landlord happened this time last year... I would have just moved out when she said I, when she tried to evict me over, like, I don't even know what, over my cats. Like, whatever that situation was, like, I would have probably just left then instead of trying to, like, stand up for myself. Because I didn't, because that, it was, um, (coughs) it was terrifying then to stand up for myself. And... It's still what it was terrifying now. Like, that situation didn't need to go on as long as it did. But it took, like, that, like, month and a half, really, for me to get to the point where I was, like, ready to do, like, something like vacate my apartment, like, 11 months before my lease was up. Because my lease started over again, like, on July 1st. Um... And, uh, yeah, yeah, it took me that long to, like, kind of, like, almost realize that I had no other option but to do that and that I could do that and I was going to be okay. Um, but, like I said, I'm, I'm just, every time that stuff happens, that, that was insanely stressful, like, um... I know I was triggered through a lot of that and was just like scared and didn't know what and felt like I didn't know what to do. 
Um, but at the same time, now that it's over, I've realized that I did get through it. And, like, there is most most of my life, if that happened, I don't know if I would have gotten through it in that way. Um, I, I just don't think I could have, like, done something that might have blown up in my face. Because I already hated myself so much. And I just, the last thing I was going to do was, like, do something that was possibly risky that could hurt myself. Because, especially if it was just over me doing what was right for my for me and not anybody else. Um, yeah. So, that was, like, a story. That was not what I meant to talk about when I started talking on this thing. I wanted to talk about um, food a little bit and that the probably the hardest the thing that is still a huge like a gigantic struggle besides what I just said but that's like textbook PTSD kind of stuff um like if you look up a textbook of PTSD and read about triggering that's what being triggered means um but like I guess like the other like outwardly symptom that I was really struggling with before I went into treatment that I still struggle with now is food. Um, and it's really complicated. It's not an easy thing to talk about. Um, because, of course, it's complex trauma. So it's it's really complex. There's a lot of things that go into it. Um, for anyone that can't tell from, like, the picture I put up of me for this um, I'm overweight, like, or fat, like, I'm probably around, I don't know how much I weigh, and I'm honestly curious at this point how much I weigh, because I know how how much I weighed when I went to Rogers, and where I started at Rogers, and that was definitely, like, the highest I've been in a long time, because the, like, months leading up to that, I did not give a fuck what I, I just ate whatever I wanted to eat, and all the time, um, and didn't care if I was being healthy or not, or whatever, um, and then when I was there, I would do the same thing for, like, comfort reasons, and, um, but then, like, by the time I left Rogers, I know that I lost some weight, and I'm, and I feel like I have now, because, like, the, like, the clothes that I, like, wash every time I do laundry is, like, nothing. It's always, like, all of my underwear and then, like, my two pairs of pajama pants and, like, a couple pajama shirts and that's it because that's all I ever wear since March. I am not complaining. I enjoy this. <laughs> I got rid of a ton of my clothes along with a lot of other things um, before I moved, but... um. So, like, it's not like I have a lot of options for clothes anyway, but I really enjoy that part of, um, quarantine time that 
I don't have to like go to work and like wear work clothes that I can sit there in my pajamas and do work because really the job that I do on a computer it doesn't fucking matter what we wear um (coughs) it really just does not it does not so I'm glad that that is over with but um so I have like a pair of pajama pants and a pair of jeans that I got for like a Halloween costume um and they both fit like a little bit bigger on me now and so I'm curious but there's but like I don't have any scales because that's really unhealthy um to have a scale and like weigh yourself all the time so I don't know what um how much I weigh or anything I would guess that it's probably around 300 pounds and like if I weighed 300 pounds right now that would be like that sounds like a lot and it is a lot but like I would be really happy about that because I used to weigh like when I started Rogers I weigh more close to like 340 ish I think so that's good progress while still eating like absolute crap (laughs) um because what I was trying to say with about with like saying that I'm fat I'm like I don't say that to like make you feel bad for me or whatever like whatever my insecurities are making me think that people might think about me when they hear that um it's not that it's just that I've been overweight for like a really long time um for pretty much my entire life uh I can remember when I was like Eight, I think I think I was in like that was second grade we moved we we moved from one school to a different school in like hollow like right around Halloween that year and so I had to like start with like a whole new class with like complete strangers and everything which was great and um there was a before school and after school program that my sister and I went to and with, like, um, probably, like, four or five other kids. I actually have, like, good memories towards that. Um, they... Okay, I gotta remember to trim that out. Um, so I have good memories of that before school program. Like the lady who ran it, I remember that she was a little, she wasn't skinny, she was a little bit like bigger. Um, so I didn't, I felt like she like understood and she was nicer to me when it came to like weight stuff. But I don't know if this still happens. I sincerely hope it doesn't. But then, that was like 1992. 
um, for some reason in that before and after school program, the school like made them like weigh us and they had just like a scale where you, they had to do it, where we had to do it in front of like everyone else. And the lady that ran the program was nice and she knew that the kids would like tease me. So they, so she had me go do it in like a room with her like by myself so that the other kids like wouldn't watch and like try to make fun of me and like they still did but of course you know yeah but that's like the earliest I remember there being like a thing about weight that I was overweight and I always used food as like a huge comfort that like if things like if things are going bad I I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to order a pizza. If something good happens and I want to celebrate, it's, I'm going to order a pizza. Um, It, like, like, whenever they're, like, it's just, like, connected to my emotions in that way. And it's definitely part of, like, all of the trauma. Um, I don't, okay, so this is going to sound weird and it is weird like granted but I don't really know how else to explain this so when I think about me as a little kid um as a kid that was like originally went through everything that I did I feel like that's almost a different person than me now um because the me now I don't remember a lot of the things that happened to me because my brain blocked them out to protect me because it knew that I couldn't handle it. So, like, when I remember being that age, um, there, I know I don't remember a lot of stuff because there's huge just gaps in memories. And so I know that there are other things, I remember some of the other things that were going on at the time now, but I don't remember, like, when I didn't remember them the entire time I was growing up. So it feels like there was, like, the me that I remember and then the me that was actually going through all the stuff that was happening then. And I don't know how to make those two people one person yet. Like, that's, like, a lot of work with a therapist. Like, I know that. I know that, like, without even talking to a therapist about one because... I haven't been able to see a therapist since January. (sighs) Because a little sidebar from that, like, I stopped seeing a therapist because I had no money. And then COVID happened in March. And since then, I have too many trust issues to ever trust a therapist. Like, saying the things that you would say to a therapist. Um like being so vulnerable around one I can't ever trust a therapist doing that without talking to them like face to face in the same room so that I can kind of like feel them out and see if we mesh or not I can't do that like over the phone or like on a Skype call I just I can't I cannot um so Um, I haven't been, that's why I haven't been to one in so long, because most of the ones here are still, I reached out to a couple of them, 
um but they're still but they're all like not seeing people in their office which makes sense but that means that I can't see anybody um so that whole thing with like the whole thing of seeing like me that went through all this and me like the me I remember actually from my whole life going through it as two separate people is something I'll have to deal with once I can actually see somebody about that um (coughs) but I say that because I think that when I was a kid like the abuse started happening when I was six so I think that after somewhere between when I was six and when I was eight I started using food as a comfort because like no matter what you do to food like well technically I I used food as a comfort before then like there's a story my mom would tell of like me when I was like two or three and she made like chocolate chip cookies and I like grabbed a bunch of them and was like hiding in my room and eating them all because I knew that I wasn't supposed to be eating them um it's one of those cute kid like stories but also like looking and how things were like I think I was using food even then as like a as a comfort um but especially between those ages I think not only did I use it as a comfort but I think it was almost like this way of like trying not to look good to him like I know that sound it sounds I don't want to make anybody feel really gross um, who's never been through something like this, or even, pe- I don't want to trigger people who's listening to this who have, but I think that's part of, that was likely part of my process of, th- of doing that, because part of the struggle of, like, since then, since I was a kid, of, like, it being, like, a normal, like, a more healthy weight, is that it scares me, because that means that, like, you know, boys or guys, like, will look at me, and I don't want them to look at me. Like, there's been a couple times that I've lost weight, like, when I was, like, 13, 14, I lost a bunch of weight, and when I was, like, 23, 24, like, uh, I lost a bunch of weight then, and actually, like, right before I went back to therapy, I had lost a bunch of weight then, too. But, like, every time that happens, I always end up gaining it back. And I and it, it's actually a problem with, like, people who have been sexually abused, especially as children, is that until you actually deal with that part of it, it's hard for you to, like, stay a healthy weight. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, your diet or what you're eating or anything like that. It's all, like, the mental side of it. So... Uh, food is really, really complicated for me because whenever, whenever I think about, like, there are things that I wish that I could do. Like, I wish that I could go to any store and find clothes that fit me. Like, um, I have the, I've had this, like, the the other thing going on the last like couple months has been stressful is that I have this like I guess a lesion on my back that might be like some sort of skin cancer and my dad actually has skin had skin cancer um and he would always get it taken off but 
I'm waiting for the biopsy to come back still. But, um, that's been going on too. So, like, I've been putting, like, gauze and stuff on it, and it was bleeding and things like that. And so I kept having to get, like, like, blood would get on my, like, the shirts that I had. So I would throw them away, and I would have to go buy new ones. And I would go to, like, the Target that used to be right by my old apartment. And, um, I just wish I could go and buy, like, shirts that were cheaper. Like, they always have cheaper shirts in, like, the women's section that are for, like, what I call for skinny people. Um, because plus-size clothes, for some reason, are always more expensive. And, you know, like, some of the time, like, when I'm at Walmart and stuff, I don't even look in, like, their plus-size section a lot of the time. Sometimes we'll just go to, like, the men's section and and buy, like, their big sizes because I know that there's a better chance that those sizes will fit me because they always make men's clothes a little bit bigger than women's. And I just want to be able to have, like, and I just wanted to have then, I wanted to just have some pajama shirts that I could wear that didn't have blood all over them or blood on the back of them, at least. Um, so it would be nice to be able to do that. Like, to be able to go to a store and just, like, not have to worry about finding stuff that fit me. Um, be able to find, even, like, find, like, underwear and bras and stuff. Like, every, like, you can't, you obviously can't really try those on before you leave the store. So I, like, hardly ever buy any because I never know if they're gonna fit me when I get home um and it would be nice to like not see like the looks that people give me that they think that I don't notice or the judgmental things that people say to fat people all the time um like or whatever or just even if it's just my anxiety like worrying about like what people think of me if I go and order a bunch of food because I've had like a shitty day or a good day or whatever day and I just want to have like you know a bunch of pizza because that's always the food that I go to um like I want to be able to do that without having as much like worry that the person is judging me for that because of what I look like or like thinking that I look like that I'm like a stereotype of like a fat person or something And I also just want to have, like, a healthier, um, relationship with food. Like, there's, like, what I, like, when I go out to a restaurant, I always feel weird about picking what I want to eat, because I feel like if I pick something that's not healthy at all, then the person who's there with me, are they going to start thinking, like, oh, they're so fat, blah, 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 or are, like, people going to look at me when... I, like, have the hardest time eating in public, like, eating where people can see me eating. I don't know where that came from. Actually, I do know where that came from. Never mind. (laughs) Me saying that out loud made me, like, remember where that likely came from. Um, but it's still, like, this weird thing that I have. I don't like eating around people in public, and it's, at least part of it is because I've always been overweight, and people look at, and I know people look at me when I'm doing it, like, well, let's watch the overweight person eat a bunch of food that's not healthy, even though everyone else in the restaurant is doing the same thing, but I still feel like I can't eat sometimes what I want to eat, because 
are like people going to look at me like that if I do so should I get something that sounds better even though that's not really what I want and uh just so that they so that they don't look at me like that um and then the completely other side of food with me is that like my I don't eat and (laughs) those two things like juxtapose they're like polar opposites really like that I am like overweight and I've been fat for like my whole life and I like comfort eat and then at the same time also never eat but it's true it's been like that for for a really long time for I I honestly don't think I've ever had like a healthy eating um I just didn't realize that they how unhealthy they were um when I was living you know with my parents um but yeah I like last year this was the super extreme last year like the end of June I got a really scary trauma memory back and I couldn't eat for an entire for like a week like, I ate, like, the smallest stuff, like, I would eat, like, crackers and cheese, like, I would make, like, four or five of my own little, little sandwiches of, like, two crackers and some slices of cheese and stuff in the middle, and I would feel, like, sick to my stomach for, like, (coughs) for, like, a half hour after that, and that would be, like, all I would eat that entire day. I ate like that for an entire week, and, um, that was definitely the extreme like I went to one of my favorite here in Wisconsin we have frozen custard which is the best ice cream ever and there's this like old school frozen custard stand um when I was still friends with my friends from my hometown and we used to go we would go there every summer at least once and it's like seriously old school like you like drive up and they like put it's like it's like Sonic where they put the food like on the window of your car, but you have to like pay in cash um, because they don't take like credit cards or anything like that. Still, it's been there like it's been that same place like forever since like the fifties or something. Um, they've they have like this they've had the same menu basically since then. Like if you look up the place online, like I remember the first time going back since high school in like twenty twelve. I was, I'm, like, that person that likes to look up the menu of a place before I go, and, um, I would, I was trying to look up the place when I was at work, and I, the only picture of the menu I could find was, like, a picture that somebody posted on, like, their Facebook account of just a picture they took when they were in their car, and that's all there is, like, that's all they use, because they don't need to, like, market or whatever, everybody in, like, around my hometown in the country and stuff knows that place, so, like, they're, like, one of my favorite places, I love going there every year, and I couldn't eat, like, when we went there, so I, like, ate some of one of my friend's fries, and ate, like, four or five fries, and that was it, and because I couldn't eat anything else, (sighs) that was sad, but, like, even when it's not that extreme, like, just, like, the day-to-day, I don't eat very much. Like, today, uh, today's Saturday, it's a really nice, like, relaxing day. Like, 
I woke up this morning and like I always wake up around 7:38 usually, which is what I did today. And I just kind of lay in bed and like play on my phone for a while and then I like did a painting for my sister, which I'm really happy about. Um and then like I went back to like watching videos and stuff. But like I didn't eat anything. The o- and like the only thing I've eaten today, I got like those instant pack like mac mashed potatoes because mashed potatoes I love I fucking love mashed potatoes and I love cornbread just like plain I know it's white people version of cornbread (laughs) because um another thing with food is that I'm extremely picky um when it comes to eating there's a lot that's like something that happens to a lot of um rape victims I've learned is that there's a lot of foods that have like a certain texture or they just like look a certain way and we can't eat them um because yeah like usually in like like the good kind of cornbread like southern style cornbread they have like jalapeno peppers and stuff in it and I can't eat peppers I just hate the texture of it I always end up like taking them out so I bought a thing of just like plain cornbread from the grocery store and some of those instant mac uh, mashed potatoes. And I also bought Easy Mac, but I'm saving that for lunch for work next week. But, um, but like today it's six o'clock right now. The only thing I've ate today was I ate a bowl of that instant mashed potatoes and I put like some pieces of cornbread with like butter on top of it. I ate that at like one thirty, two o'clock today, and that's the only thing that I've eaten today. Um, I order, I just ordered some shipped, which is when they bring the food to your house. Um, I ordered a frozen pizza, so I'll make that pizza and have that for dinner. But that's probably all I'm gonna eat today. Maybe some like, I bought some can. I walked to the grocery store and got some candy, so I'll probably eat that too. But that's it. And like yesterday. Uh, I ate, I bought, I randomly, I just decided to buy fudge covered Oreos, um, last week from shipped. So I had three fudge covered Oreos to finish off the box when I was working yesterday. And then I ordered, um, spicy rice cakes from this local Korean place that's by my sister's that I can never usually get, which was so good. Um, and then I asked, and then my sister went and got me, like, an Oreo shake because I asked her to get <coughs> me ice cream because that shit is spicy as fuck. And, um, I'm horrible with, like, handling spice. And, um, but that's all I ate yesterday was, like, three cookies and then some super spicy Korean food. <laughs> like, I could feel, like, my stomach, like, like, making, like, feeling it, like, last night when I went to bed but that's usually how it is every day like that's why I'm like wondering if I've lost any weight because my normal thing with eating is like not eating anything for like hours until like the day is almost over and usually only eating like one big meal and then eating one big meal and that's it and like some people call it intermittent fasting no it's not that I'm not doing it on purpose I just don't think about eating and part of it too I've realized is that I when I'm like stressed or I feel triggered or something like that um which I definitely have the last couple months like I stop eating 
Um, like when I'm worried about money, I just don't eat that much, like even less than what I already eat because that's like my instinct. It's not like, let's figure out bills. It's if I'm worried, like I was worried about moving because I was staying in hotels for all that time. I was worried about would I be able to afford to move before I asked my sister for help. Um, and so I was like not eating that much because it just, and part of it too, is just like an instinct. Like when I get stressed out about something, I automatically just don't eat because it's like, I'm used to, it's like that instinct of, I'm not supposed to have, I wasn't supposed to have needs. So, um, it's like that feeling of wanting to be invisible. I still have that feeling when I get like completely overwhelmed by life. And the last like couple days that I was staying in hotels with things with my apartment were happening, I felt like that. I wanted to just disappear. I didn't, it wasn't that I wanted to be dead or anything like that because I didn't. I just wanted to just disappear so they didn't have to worry about like living places or dealing with people or anything. I just wanted to like be able to leave and not nobody to see me anymore and have a break for a while um because I was so overwhelmed by everything and when that kind of stuff happens my instinct is just to like not eat because I don't know it's just I think it I remember reading something um there's this movement going around in women's gymnastics of gymnasts from all around the world coming forward about abusive coaches after the Larry Nassar scandal happened and one of them came forward and said that she realized that she skipped meals when she was stressed because she was used to like almost like trying to show she doesn't have needs because she because what she felt wasn't important because in this like what this gymnast went through was that like when she would tell her coach that she was injured he would tell her no you're not just keep working and so she learned that like how she felt and what she felt didn't matter and that and I realized when I read that that that's exactly why I do it (laughs) that like I was used to not being listened to and how I feel not mattering so I did that instead I would just like not eat because that's what I would that's what I probably did that because some of like the super vague memories I have then when it was really bad was like me going into the kitchen at night when it was dark and everybody else was asleep and just trying to find food to eat so I don't think that I ate in front of people in front of my family very much even then um Yeah, like, this thing, this episode is already 51 minutes. I could go on forever about food and, like, the things that I do that aren't healthy. What I, and the fact that, I guess the best way I can stop this for now is to say that what I eat is not healthy at all. I feel like I eat like a child a lot of the time. Um, like, I remember my la- my attorney job the last attorney job that I had one of my coworkers used to tease me about that because I like to eat like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and easy mac and things like that but I think that's almost like 
it's not a concentrated decision because I never made it like I want to eat like a kid but it's more that eating is such like this weird complex thing like there's so many different it's not as simple as I want to eat this food so I'm going to get it there's so many like other questions and other things that pop up in my mind when I think about food and what I should eat that when I actually do eat I just go for the thing that's the most comfortable that like I know will make me feel good that's like it's almost like it's consistency like food it is like one of the very few consistencies that I've had in my life like whenever I drink Diet Mountain Dew it always tastes good because that's like my favorite soda and I always like how it tastes whenever I eat pizza it always tastes good whenever I eat like mashed potatoes and cornbread it always tastes good or like mac or like easy mac and especially because I have such a hard time like cleaning that cooking I can cook a bit now but like every time I cook then all my dishes are dirty and I have it's like almost impossible for me to clean them and that sounds ridiculous but it's just how it is um so I stick with eating things that don't have a ton of cleanup involved But if I do that, then it's usually, like, frozen stuff that isn't very healthy for you. But it's, like, that's what I can eat. Like, I could buy food, like, a bunch of food from, like, the produce department of stuff that I would have to, like, prepare. But I know myself. I know I'm not going to eat it. It's just going to sit in my fridge until it goes bad. And then I'm going to throw it away. So instead of, like, buying, like, a thing of apples that I know I'm not going to eat even though I do like apples, (laughs) I like especially the sour apples because I love sour things. Um, Like instead of doing that, I'm just going to buy sour candy because once I finish eating it, I throw it away and it's gone and I don't have to prepare it or anything when I eat it. So I guess that's like the one, it's like finding food that I like that always makes me feel good after I eat it is like, is like one of the few consistencies that I've had so I just like stick with it even though it's not healthy for me and that you know like I said before I can't go to the store and find food every time I go to the doctor they always write down that I'm like morbidly obese and that's always somehow you know a factor of everything that's ever wrong with me um people give me weird looks um yeah all that but honestly I feel like when you've been through a lot of complex trauma like this you kind of have to pick your battles because if we fought hard for everything that we could like we would never relax and we need to relax or our heads are going to explode (laughs) so it's like yeah I could do that with food but like there's so many other things that I also need I could work on that it's like okay, maybe this relationship isn't great, but there's so many other things that I need help with that, like, I'll take having food as a comfort for now because at least it helps me in the day-to-day as I continue, like, down this whole process of dealing with all this. 